This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, mindfulness and buffets. Well, mindfulness is a way to direct your mind rather than having your mind direct you. So you become the architect of your life. We are wired to go negative. We are wired to look for the bad, to think bad thoughts, to react, to go backwards, to look at our past. So some of us, though, have been able to work with that, to know that, to change that within ourselves. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So as I get older, I notice more and more that I can't actually focus on what it is I'm doing. Whenever I'm doing something, I'm not thinking about that thing. I'm actually thinking about the thing that I have to do after I get done with what I'm currently doing. Our first guest is an expert at bringing you back to the present. This is mindfulness coach, Laura Saltman. What is mindfulness? Well, mindfulness is a way to direct your mind rather than having your mind direct you. So you become the architect of your life when you use mindfulness. The more you use it, the more you start to realize how much you're creating your life And so it doesn't become a situation where things just start happening to you, but you realize that they're happening for you. So it's a a perception shift, I would call it. So it's more about kind of getting your mind to focus on the things that you actually want to do rather than these endless random thoughts that kind of pop in. Yeah, we call it in mindfulness, we call it the monkey mind. So we've got this monkey mind and our monkey mind is always going, 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 and it doesn't ever shut off. And it's just taking us back to our past or making us think of the future instead of leaving us in the now, the present moment. So in mindfulness, we're trying to remind ourselves that the present moment is really all we have. And if we can stay present, then we're not being caught up in a reaction. We are caught up in the, in the now. I do guess I really very rarely think about what it is I'm actually doing while I'm doing it. Okay. Explain that a little bit better to me. Like whenever I'm generally doing something that I don't really have to think about, right? Mm -hmm. Say I'm folding laundry or exercising or whatever. I'm very rarely actually thinking of the thing that I'm doing. I'm usually thinking about something else that I have to do after I get done with the thing that I'm currently doing. Well, because the, the activities you named are the habit. So our brain can do habits and it sort of goes on autopilot. Driving is a habit. Doing laundry is a habit. Dishes, a habit. And you don't really have to think very much about it. But that's where our mind does start to wander. While we're doing our habit things, then it will wander into, I have to do this and I have to do this. And I've got this podcast coming up and this interview and I have to do that. That's your monkey mind. That's the mind that's just always racing to the next thing rather than staying there with you in 
the habit. If you could stay in the habit, that's a mindful activity. We think of it as mindless, like folding the laundry is mindless and driving is mindless. But if you can flip your brain around, it become a mindful activity because you're completely focused in that moment. I used to drive with the radio on, distractions, distractions, distractions. I had my phone on the seat and now I have nothing on. I simply am living in the driving. And then I don't miss my turns because I know a lot of us <laughs> were not focusing. We missed the, the exit. And so I always just kind of like use the time. It's almost like a, a meditation to me when I'm driving now because I don't allow myself to go off into distractions. Is there a balance though? Because I use the example of like exercising and my mind drifts when I exercise, but I feel like if I was present and really thinking about what I was doing, I'd also be really bored. Well, maybe some people exercise as meditation to them. Some people can get into a mindful state where they use it as their meditation. Because I teach meditation. I always tell people like, you don't have to sit in your lotus position and ohm to do meditation. Sometimes meditation is playing tennis and you're just so focused. Being in a meditative state is being in a being state. So to some exercise is being. To other people, sounds like you are, it's a chore, right? It's it's not something that you like live for and it makes you happy. So to you, it's a chore. So you're not in a habit. You are in almost like a stress response because it's stressful to you to have to work out sometimes. So it's it's about perception. So it's changing and reframing that, that this is my time to put things away, to put distractions and really focus. How do you kind of develop the skill? The same way that you go to the gym for exercise, you have to do these mindful practices and mindful exercises. And you start out five minutes, five minutes of trying to do meditation. And maybe it's pretty tough in the first time you do it. And then you do it again. And then you do it again. And then five minutes, you're like, oh, I got this. This is easy. I can do this. So then you do 10 minutes, right? You do 10 minutes and then you you keep doing that. And then you just build, build it up. But then you may, maybe it's hard. So you have to go back to the five. So it's really the same, the same principle of building your mind muscles the way that you build your physical muscles. And the, you know what happens too, is people go backwards. Think about when you go to the gym, right? And then you you atrophy and you haven't been to the gym. I think we all know that this year. We probably atrophy a lot. It's the same thing with mindfulness. When you don't show up for your, your mindful exercises, you can atrophy and go backwards. And then you get back caught up in the stress, caught up in these loops of, of the monkey mind going again. So it's all just little tools and exercises and practices that you can do. So say I'm trying to be more mindful about what it is that I'm doing. And I start this. But then I have this other thought come in. How do I respond to that other thought? Am I supposed to just keep myself from having the other thoughts or just dismiss it as soon as it comes in? Well, I would be aware of it. So more of like, oh, there is thought here and not like giving it a name or or being upset at yourself that it's coming in. It's just being aware that your thought is there, that the thought has come in, that you're trying to think of something else. Think about the way you read a book. Like if you read a book to your kids and then you're reading the book and your mind is often off somewhere else. Our brain is so incredible that we could be reading a book, saying every word, and still be thinking ahead to what we have to do every single day. Do you judge yourself in that moment? No, probably not. You're just, that's just what, what, what you need to be doing. So you're sort of multitasking in your brain, you're your brain switching. And so it's the same thing. You have to be aware of every single thought that is, is coming in without judgment. In the beginning, that is what happens. Like your brain is always going, going, going. But as you use your tools, 
you won't have to do that so much because your mind will be sort of on that one lane. Right now we're heading down the uh, five different lanes. We're on the LA, you know, at the LA freeways and there's five or six lanes. <laughs> and then it takes some practice to get yourself to the back country road where there's only one lane. So it, that's the process though for everybody. Most people don't come into this life in, in that one lane. They come in on the freeway. How did you, how did you kind of come into this? You know, I, I, I would love to tell you a happy story, but it's not a happy story. I, I was an entertainment reporter in Hollywood, working for Access Hollywood, and my life was very fast and fun and furious, and I was doing all these incredible things. But I lost my um, brother to cancer, and that sort of sent me in a different direction. And then I lost my dad. I'm very vocal about it. I've lost my dad to suicide. And then that sent me to sort of finding myself and finding a better way to be in the world. And it's just set me sort of on this spiritual journey. And from there, everyone kept talking about, you got to do meditation. And I sucked at meditation. Like meditation for me, was like painful. It was those first five minutes of hell. <laughs> I was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. So I'm the type of person that like, if I can't do something, I'll just learn how to do it. So I became a teacher. So I went to, I went into a program to teach meditation and learn about mindfulness. And it's a mindful based practice. There's like 1700 different types of meditation, but this is called Vipassana and it is a mindfulness meditation. So once I learned all these things about our brain and our mind and how it works and how to control it and started practicing, starting by 60 second increments and then upping to three minutes and then upping to five, I found a way to meditate. And what works for me is a, I call it like insight guided meditation. I do these really cool guided versions where we go on a journey and we're looking into our mind and our psyche and see what's going on. So that's what works for me. I can't, I usually can't get to a place of no thought in a very long meditation. I can get to no thought in, you know, two minutes like walking, but, but I don't do it that way. But, but I would say there's nothing wrong. Like do it any way that, that works for you that allows you to lower your stress level and your anxiety and even breathing. Breathing techniques are amazing techniques that I had to learn as well. And once you learn that stuff and then you see how it changes you and how it changes your the life around you, all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is working. Let me keep doing it. And now I'm I would say my brother passed about seven and a half years ago, and I probably started doing the meditation maybe five years ago. So now I'm about five years in, and I've really seen the benefit of my life and how it has transformed me out of anxiety, out of depression. It's helped me with grief over the years, and it's helped open up my intuition, which is incredibly powerful. When you say no thought, like that's exactly what I think it is, right? Like, because I can make the joke, well, I have no thoughts all the time, right? But what are we, like, I have no thoughts about a lot of things. Um, but like, what, what do you mean by no thought exactly? So no thought is the place of complete stillness where, I mean, if you've never done no thought, you don't know what it is because your mind has always been going, 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 going. But no thought is just what it says. There is no thoughts where you can just close your eyes breathe. And literally it's like your, your mind is just completely blank. There's nothing in there and you're just at peace because there's nothing going on in there. And it is the most blissful, beautiful feeling. And it doesn't last for long unless you're a monk, you know, meditating on a, a mountain. But those of us who can get to know thought, it really is just bliss and peaceful. And you just, you just stay in it for as long as you possibly can. I don't think I've ever experienced that at any point in my life. 
Yeah. Well, and most people probably haven't unless they are, uh, you know, experts, mindfulness, meditation experts who have been able to do the work that it takes to, to get to that point. But it really is a blissful. I would say people probably actually have gotten it and maybe they just don't realize it. Like if you take a bath and you've got like bubbles all around you and you're just like at peace it's possible that you've experienced it, but you just don't even realize it. Yeah, because I feel like as soon as I got close to that, I would then start thinking about how I have no thoughts, and then that alone is a thought. And then it's like, I actually feel like my brain would just explode. Like, it's yeah. just like a black hole. The whole thing would just cave in all of a sudden. <laughs> well, you are you are a victim of the monkey mind, man. You definitely have the monkey mind. You definitely have that. And it's a choice. So it really is a choice. It's a choice to say, you know what, let me give this a try. I'm going to put some of my doing things aside and I'm going to see if I can figure out how to be. And that's what we, we call it in mindfulness and meditation. You're learning how to be. And to be is to just be, just like it sounds. It's just relax and let nothing come to you. People say to me, I work with clients all the time, and they'll always say to me the same thing. Oh, but it's so hard, Laura. It's so hard. And I always say, X, X, to it's hard. And it's a choice. You're making a choice not to do it. You're making a choice to say, oh, it's hard. I'm not going to try it. Because if you actually tried it and put the work in, then you would see the result. Obviously, this is kind of an, an ancient tradition, for lack of the, the appropriate phrase. But I've heard much more about it recently, specifically in the United States. Like I have a four-year-old and they teach him that. Or they don't, I don't know if they teach him, but they talk to him about mindfulness. Is this a new thing? Oh, God, no. This has been around for thousands and thousands of years. We're just really stumbling upon it collectively. Um, we're in this sort of energetic shift phase where we've shifted into more community. And we've seen how over the last year we've been forced to figure out a new way to be. And so it's it's pushing us into more collectivism. And so when you are in a place of community, now we're trying to take care of one another. So you're hearing more about mindfulness and meditation and all of these practices that have been around that in the 80s when we were all about consumerism and in the 90s when we were whatever we were in the 90s, I don't even know what were we in the 90s. You know, it's just like different decades, different things. And now the 20s, I feel, are really going to be about community. So we're, we're learning to take care of one another. So companies are, you know, I work for Wellness Coach, which is an app for corporate wellness. So companies, we have over 1,200 companies that offer the app to their employees to offer them tools and tips. Because unfortunately, when it comes to stress, stress in America costs $300 billion. That's how much stress there is. I think it's something like 75 to 90% of doctor's visits are stress-related illnesses when we fall into the doctor's offices. So if companies can offer these resources to their employees, they can lower their healthcare costs. We can lower healthcare costs in our world as well. So we're hearing more about it because it's a collective thing. And the more people who find it, then it becomes another person finds it and another person finds it. So it's trendy. And it's it's one of the good trends, you know, like bad trends were shoulder pads in the 80s. But good trends now are uh, mindfulness and meditation. And is there any, like, can you point to direct medical benefits when you look at it? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you do your research on mindfulness and meditation, there's tons of science to support how it lowers your stress levels. I mean, it's out there and you'll, you'll see more and more of it as we do more studies. And doctors now, where we're starting to realize the connection between the mind and the body and how our mind is 
causing some of these illnesses within us, these stressors. And so it, it, as we realize more of that, I hope to see more doctors, because I do know some of them who not only just give you a prescription and a pill, but will say to them, like, you know, you need to get some mindfulness resources for you. Like, have you been meditating? Have you been do- doing your breath work, EFT, um, tapping, any of those things? And so then that's where it goes back to choice. If you actually decide to say, hey, you know what? what's it going to hurt you? Like, what will it harm you to try a mindfulness tool? It's not, it's not, you know, it's better than taking a cigarette to lower your stress. It's better than, than grabbing a beer at the end of the night. When you work with people who, who truly want to do this and make the effort, what generally is their biggest hurdle? Like they can't quite get it because of this. Biggest hurdle time. It's time. Like they don't have the time and they don't really, you know, they, they won't make the time for it. Well, I would tell them that if you make five minutes of every hour for mindfulness, you're going to see how your time will expand, like how time is really fluid when you make time for it. Um, second thing is really not wanting to, they, they just don't want to, like, they're just like, nah, I'm good. I've been doing this work for eight years now. And when I first started, I felt like a lonely bird on, on the perch. And now it's like, there's so many birds on the wire with me and we're all together and we're all trying to put it out into the world and teach people about it so that we can have an entire world because what will change the world is this it's changing our mindset. It's coming together in community as one really. Are some people just wired in a way that they just can't do it? Well, guess what? We're all wired that we are all wired. Our brain is wired to go negative. That's it. Like I do on Wellness Coach, we do a lot of talks about the brain. I've learned more about the brain in the last six months than I've learned in my entire existence on this planet that we are wired to go negative. We are wired to look for the bad, to think bad thoughts, to react, to go backwards, to look at our past. So yes, everybody, everyone's wired that way. Some of us though have been able to work with that, to know that, to change that within ourselves. What works for me may not work for you, but you may find something that works for you and you have to do the work. There's a lot of work here to to actually make that a thing. Can't I be lazy and mindful? (laughs) Is Um, that a possibility? Well, I mean, yes, you could be lazy and mindful. If if just sitting under a tree, just sitting under a tree and smelling the daffodils or taking a bath. And I think, I mean, I am lazy and mindful. I'd rather be, I'd rather do nothing than do everything. Time is fluid. We don't realize this, but how many times have you been somewhere and you're at the beach and you're like, oh, where did the time go? It's because you were having fun and you were in your meditative, mindful space. And then how much time do you sit at your desk at work and you're like looking at that apple watch what time is it when is this over that's how time is gets us right so the more time you spend in your being state your mindful state you're actually making time for yourself you're making time seem seemingly go faster as opposed to sitting at your desk making time seemingly go slower is mindfulness different than meditation or are we talking like six of one, half a dozen of the other? They're kind of the same. No, they're different. So mindfulness is really the the art of reframing, rethinking, uh, doing different practices and tools that use your, the breath work. Whereas meditation is trying to get that to that place of stillness, no thought eventually. So they, they definitely are, are different. You, 
you're going to find more people who'd be willing to do a mindful practice than a meditation meditation practice because mindfulness is is a much easier way to to get rid of those monkey mind thoughts. Okay, so we covered a lot of these already, but are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Yes, bring it. Oh, all right. So all I just come at me. It's great. How do I keep from falling asleep when I meditate? This person says they try to, but they just end up falling asleep every time. Is that even bad? It's not bad to fall asleep. Your body knows what it needs. Your mind knows what it needs. So if you're falling asleep in meditation, perhaps it's a call to you to know that you're not getting enough sleep at night, that you're not getting quality sleep or restful sleep. So your body and your mind are trying to say, hey, you, you need a little bit more sleep. And so I always say, like, people fall asleep. I teach meditation classes, and and a lot of times people will fall asleep, and then they beat themselves up. And I'm like, no, your body's just trying to speak to you and say, hey, maybe you need to get better sleep. So don't don't take that as like, oh, I'm never going to do it again. But maybe set a shorter time for meditation. So rather than saying, oh, I'm going to try to meditate for 25 minutes, 20 minutes, meditate for five minutes so that you don't give yourself the the time to fall asleep and then maybe five minutes at the afternoon and space it out rather than trying to do it all in one chunk where then you just go into sleepy time. This one might be a little tricky, but it's, I think the person's trying to be a little funny and poke fun of themselves too, but they say, what happens if I become mindful and then realize that my life sucks? <laughs> Guess what? Then you're doing the work and you're doing it perfectly because that's exactly what mindfulness can, and meditation can be all about. It's showing you what's not working in your life. It's showing you that you have work to do. So if somebody says, if I, if I do all this stuff and then I realize my life's kind of sucky, then it's upon you to say, hey, wait a minute. My life's kind of sucky. Now I, I finally got rid of the, the the box that was around me where I didn't get to see that I was I had a Band-Aid on my life and maybe I was moving through it, not realizing that I had some issues. So it's like, um, just trying to see what, I, I get images to, to explain things. So it's like, yeah, no. imagine like digging up in your backyard and you're digging and you're digging and you're digging. And so mindfulness and meditation is your your shovel but then all of a sudden you hit something and you're like, uh-oh, what's that? And then you dig up a time box, <laughs> right? And then inside that box, you open it up and it's got all these things that are saying, oh, you still haven't healed this within yourself. You still haven't healed this childhood memory. You still haven't dealt with what happened to you in high school and, and you know how you were made fun of or bullied. You still haven't dealt with that. So that's a present to me because then when you truly go beneath the surface of the mind and, and uproot all this stuff, then you heal it. Then you get to the other side where you're truly living a miraculous life. So it's kind of like, I think I'm living a good life. Then I do mindfulness meditation, realize I have a crappy life. Then I dig, 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 do all the work to get myself out of that. And then on the opposite side, then you're realizing, you realize you can create a magnificent life for yourself. Good advice. Um, all right. Here's the trap question. Who is more mindful, men or women? Whoever does the work. <laughs> That's nice. it. Whoever does the work. Anybody who's willing to do the work is the more mindful one. So the the wellness coach. Now, can anybody get that on their phone or do they have to check with their employer or how does that work? Uh, no. So both ways. So we have over 1,200 companies that um, they subsidize it for their employees and they can download it whenever they want. And then we also have a consumer version of the app as well where anybody can download it. And then it's I think it's like $60 for the year. But 
anything within our app that's live is free. So you can download it for free. Anything live, any live meditation, live talk, live tapping session, anything free, you can pop in when it's actually airing live and, and use it. If you want some of the, the premium content, then you do have to pay. I think it's a monthly or it's like 60 bucks a year, as I said, and anyone can use it. And we're actually starting private coaching and we're in that beta testing of that. So if you're looking for some private coaching one-on-one, we have that there as well. And, you know, it's, it's similar to an insight timer and headspace and calm and all these incredible apps that are out there for meditation. But it just has a little bit more because it's also got fitness. It's got, you know, you can do Pilates and yoga and stretching. And so it, it's it's putting it all into one space. And we also have a Slack app. So if you are on Slack and you download the app, then we're, we've got some great like little short spurts, those 60-second breath works, those 60-second meditations. I actually recorded some walking meditations that you can take outside, five-minute, ten-minute, whatever you want to go for a, a walk at lunchtime. So it's a really incredible app, and I'm really proud to be working as a host for them, hosting different talks, and then doing meditation and private coaching. I want to thank Laura so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Instagram and Twitter, and we have also included her information in the episode description. Okay, now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. Do you feel like you live in the moment? No, actually. It's funny you'd ask me that because I used to think I did, and then... I met my wife and realized that I, that I did not live in the moment at all, only because she would point that out to me uh, every time I would not do something like that. What do you mean, like, every time you would, she would point it out to you? You know, we're, we're at an event or something, and I'm looking ahead to the next minute, right, or the next hour. Like, I'm not appreciating, uh, you know, like a concert, like a perfect example. Uh, once the concert starts getting close to an end, I'm thinking more about an exit strategy than I am like enjoying the end of the concert, if that makes any sense. See, I do that, though, because I don't want to wait in parking lots. I don't I don't care if I'm at the Super Bowl and it's a tie game with my two favorite teams playing. I'm still leaving early because I don't want to get stuck in parking lot. See, I, uh, I, uh, I, I don't like to do that, actually. I, I If it's a sporting event, I like to stay all the way through the end. But uh, concerts and and other things, even like uh, like parties with uh, friends and family. You know, I, I, I might just be thinking or doing something else, and, and then two days later my wife will be like, well, you should have enjoyed that more. should have lived in the moment. Ooh, dang. Do you try to get yourself out of that and live more in the moment, or are you just kind of okay with how what's going on? I could tell myself a million times, like, man, I'm going to have no worries tonight. Uh, I'm going to enjoy whatever's going on. And the next thing I know, it's midnight, you're heading home and you're like, oh, well, I, I probably should have had one more beer or I should have taken my clothes off and, you know, streak through the quad. But, you know, that, that never happened. Have you ever gone streaking? I have not. And I don't ever plan on it ever. <laughs> well, I guess you live in Michigan. There's not like a good time for streaking in Michigan. I just don't want anyone to see me running down the street naked. That would be, I mean, I'm talking about that. That would be. But nobody who streaks. No, I have never seen a streaker where I've seen like, oh, that person has the kind of body that I want to see streaking. That's not what it's about. Nobody's looking at you and evaluating like, oh, you got terrible posture as you run down the street. <laughs> there's actually there's a, in, in Ann Arbor, of course. Right. Uh, there is a run where I believe people do it. Um 
almost like in underwear, but some people wear pretty risque underwear. So I, I, okay. I might I might do that maybe like if someone paid me, but I I would never want to. But no, I would never I would never go streaking. If you went if you went and did an underwear run, which is <laughs> what they're called, and they do them all over the place, Ann Arbor is not some special thing. Thanks for paying attention. Um, what <laughs> kind of underwear are you going with? Probably something spandexy, you know, something comfortable. Yeah. Right, I'd rock straight out old school fourth grade tidy whities <laughs> Of course you would, man. Straight I, uh, up tidy whities dude. That's the way to do an underwear run. I, I, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I, uh, I, I would never do tidy whities again, man. I was, I was a mud tracker back in the day, way back in the day. So, God, yeah, I'm. I uh, bet you. <laughs> So I'm uh I'm horrified to wear those. I have not worn those since God seventh grade maybe. That's an example of something that you never really get better at, right? Like wiping your own butt. No matter how, like think about how many times you've had to do it in your lifetime—thousands, tens of thousands—and you still kind of screw it up every once in a while. We're like, whoa, <laughs> how did this happen? I actually think it's one of those skills in life that as you get older, you get worse. You know, like you're not good until you're what, you know, whatever, a teenager. And then like every year you're like, oh, man, my shoulder's starting to hurt. Or I can't reach the same spot I used to, <laughs> you know, like. I would say by fourth grade, so the age of 10, however old that, what grade, ever grade that is, but 10 years old, you've pretty much got it down. By the time you're a teenager, you've mastered it. But then once you start to hit like 50s, then your abilities start to really start to slide. And you're going to, you could go like 20 years without some big streaks. And then you're going to start getting streaks again. Takes, I mean, I'm, I'm horrified. So I, uh, I'm, we can end this conversation whenever you want to. <laughs> okay. You got, are you got your thing? You ready? Well, Hey, you know, my candle scent of, uh, of the month, which I just lit one up. What are you talking about? I, I was going to announce my candle of the month. Fragrance. It's not the first month. It's not the first episode of the month. So it's not your candle of the month. I haven't done a candle of the month this month yet. You well, do it the first month of the. You've, okay, fine. What's your candle of the month? And if I'm not wowed, then the candle of the month thing is over with. It's apple candied bacon. Thank you very much. You've picked that one before, actually, and I got upset because that's three flavors. You should only have a limit of two. We've gone over this. You can have apple candy. You can have apple candy. Wait a minute. What's the name of it again? It's apple candied bacon, which I, I always thought it should be candied, like candied bacon apple. But for some reason, it's apple. No, it bacon. should be candied apple bacon. I, I don't know. But now we're having a full discussion about it. And I really, really just well, wanted to. Wait a minute. Are you sure? That, what is it called again? What is the what do you think the name is? Apple candied bacon. That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't it be candied apple bacon? I, I really don't. Oh, is, I see. Right, because if it's candied be apple bacon, if it's candied apple bacon, then you might think that it's all one flavor. Like, oh, it's apple bacon, which is a thing, but it's candied apple bacon, right? Sure. Yeah, if it's right. apple candy bacon, I feel like that's actually three different things mixed together. While candied apple bacon could be just one thing. And you solved all of the world's problems. So what do you want me to do on these shout outs now? You want me to save people? I, I lost interest in it. Just just wow me. I want to be wowed. First off, people can't see this video. Can you like stop spread eagling and just like, close your legs? I'm Thank comfortable God on my couch. 
Thank God you're wearing a tracksuit. What do you think? Can you see a bulge or not from where you're looking? No, I'm just going to do this regular because I, I don't. What if I sit like this? I don't want to wow you. All right. Um, here's some shout outs. Do do okay, if you're like looking at another man, do your eyes ever drift to his where his junk is? Uh, n- I mean, not that I can recall, no. Even accidentally, like suddenly you're just like, oh. I mean, maybe if maybe if that person's wearing, you know, super tight blue jeans or something to like, you know. Why do you say blue jeans? Just say jeans like a normal person. I mean, you're a Midwesterner. You should understand the allure of the blue jeans. Right. But then so what if they're not actually blue? Do you call them like, oh, he, the guy's wearing black jeans? I mean, I think so. He's wearing gray jeans. Do you call him blue? Do you still call him blue jeans if the actual color of the jeans is not blue? I don't think so. What do you call it then? Gray jeans, black jeans, red jeans. You'll switch it up based on the color. You—that's why you just say jeans like a normal person. (laughs) I don't think it's that abnormal for people to say you've got to switch it up in your brain every single time right like hey what what kind of pants did he have on and then you can't just say jeans you've got to think about it and like oh they were black jeans i i think you're i think you're just being way too simplistic about this i think people it's fine i think people say blue jeans black jeans gray jeans red jeans i don't think it's that i've never heard i've never heard anyone say it but you I, I I don't know about that. I don't. I I can't agree with you on that. And I'm not who even. Who else you. says it? Who else do you know in your life who says blue jeans? My wife, my family members. It's, a, I mean, it's genetic. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. all wrong. <laughs> this is genetic. Yeah, I genetically I, wrong. I, I would like to pose this question to her. I'm I'm curious. Maybe I am wrong. I don't know. I I don't think I am. I don't think. Or, it's not right or wrong. It's it is. It's it's not right or wrong. I, I can't think get it over is, your tracksuit. Sorry, right? it's not a tracksuit, dude. I just happen to have the same two colors on, <laughs> looking like Johnny Cash. It's ridiculous, but I'm comfortable. I'm at my yeah. house on a Saturday. Leave me alone. I'm not out there talking about blue jeans all the time. Never heard anyone else say that. I, what the hell were we even talking about? You were trying to put put me in some weird position with. Oh the yeah, I wanted media to know if you ever. I wanted to know if you've ever checked out another man's bulge. That was, yes, that was also brought up, yes. And I, I said, don't think I, I ever have. I, I said, not that I can recall. And then you said, are you, you serious? Never? And I said, no. And then you wanted, you're like, what if, what if like, you know, something was going on or something? And I was, you know, so. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I really have ever. I've, at least I've never looked at another man's bulge and like thought like oh man that guy's packing at least i've never had that thought like i've probably accidentally seen the area on another dude but i've never like yeah that guy's rocking it listen it's it's fine man if if you have it and you want to rock it out do it you know yeah dude if you have it you rock that out okay anyway let's do your shout outs thank god everyone's happy we're onto this dude why do you gotta People can't see this, but every time I go to talk for a long period of time, he just lays back on his couch and just shows Relaxing. me. All right. Are Let's, you checking uh, out the bulge again? No. <laughs> Those are my knees, dude. That's what my knees look like. You're ridiculous. All right. Let's give some shout outs here. Uh, we'll start on Twitter. Look at those um, fucking calves. Oh All right. Appreciate you, Kelsey. And I, I, I'm sorry for anyone who gets interrupted by uh, Nick's debauchery here. Uh, Pat Morgan. Eva Ma. Ashley Frangie, appreciate you. And then uh, probably my favorite uh, person who liked one of our stuff last week, Scorpion, just Scorpion. So uh, on Instagram, we have Amy Sharp, 
Daniel Hobby, Rachel Smith, Joe Soto Jr., and Armando Padilla. So you all get uh, get the special, uh, I don't even know what to call it anymore, because your calf interrupted. At least your one leg's down, your other leg's still up. So, all right. Um, you realize that Amy Sharp, if it's backwards, like in the, she's just Sharp Amy. <laughs> yes, that would that would be correct. Right? Like if you're a teacher, you got to make a joke about that. Like Sharp Amy, going to be head of the class, huh? I, no, I don't. I don't think you would make that joke. I don't think. I think you. We live in a world where that would be looked down upon now. I think that's an opportunity wasted. <laughs> All right, which uh, which one do you think you could do better? And I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that you might be able to do both of these things: uh, unicycling or juggling. I've tried to juggle many times. I've never been able to figure it out. I've always looked at a unicycle as what's the point, right? I, I could I could ride a bike. Why would I want to do this thing where I'm much more likely to get hurt? Like a unicycle is just someone that like, look at me. Look at me. I'm riding this unicycle. Nobody cares. If you ride a unicycle, I will tell you that nobody cares that you are riding a unicycle. No one cares. Oh, man, that's a. Uh... All right. Well, that's uh... a <laughs> pogo stick like a pogo stick. OK, I can understand why somebody might be on a pogo stick because that might just be fun. But you can't tell me that a unicycle is any funner than a bike. I've, I've never been on a unicycle, so I don't I can't I can't say yes. Or I've no never even thought about it. I just think it's impressive what they do at like circus shows where they, you know, are on the trapeze wire on a unicycle well, like that. But somebody riding it down the street. Why? I, I don't. I've never seen it in person. Like someone. Well, I mean, outside of like a major city or whatever. Like, but another, just you know, on, in my residential neighborhood, I've never seen someone just on a, you know, on a. Doesn't seem like something people in Detroit would really be doing. <laughs> no, the big thing, maybe the the big kind Asking of bicycles here are the the, <laughs> the one wheel out front, the two wheels in the back, the adult tricycle. Those are pretty popular here. Oh yeah, I could see those. I could see a lot of people. See now that I understand, right? Like I don't have the balance to ride a bike anymore, so now I'm going to ride this thing. But what's the point of riding the unicycle? It, there is no point other than so people can look and say, "Hey, that guy's riding a unicycle." That is literally the only point of the unicycle outside of a circus atmosphere. I'm, I want to go back. You said you tried juggling. How how difficult did you find it? Uh, difficult enough that I gave up after five seconds. <laughs> okay, so you didn't really put in a full Nick Vincent effort, or well, effort, uh, or you did. No, not really. I mean, I didn't actually try because <laughs> also not because also because I realized like I can't do this, so I'm not going to try to do it. All right, well, things to do. I'm a busy man. Let's just move on here. Um. Who who would you rather have a beer with, in uh, Pee Wee Herman or Mister Rogers? Mister Rogers, dude. That's what kind of question is that? Mister Rogers, probably a sweet ass dude. He's gonna change your life. Mister Rogers, even if like he was, even if he was just super Ned Flandery's nerdy in real life, he's still probably just such a nice guy. Like he's just gonna tell you something that's gonna make you feel good about yourself. Like, you're going to sit down with Mr. Rogers, and he's going to be saying, like, hey, that's a nice shirt, right? Like, you have good taste, and you're just going to feel good. But Pee Wee Herman's going to bring some cocaine, probably some liquor. Like, it's going to be a great time, you would think. You know, if you look back on it, though, what happened with Pee Wee Herman, 
which he had a TV show that was supposed to be kind of a caricature of kids TV shows. And then he got caught, I think, tugging it in a movie theater. That is correct. Really? He was, I don't think he was doing anything illegal. Like he really shouldn't have gotten in as much trouble as he did for what he did. Like, hey, guy went to a porno movie. Okay. <laughs> right? I mean, like, what's the big deal? Well, I'm probably putting my my foot in my mouth. I, I, I don't know if there's a specific... No, I don't... You can't do that in any movie theater, whether it's a Everybody knows what you're there for. Right. Like anybody else... Okay, if you went to a pornographic movie theater and you were in there and you're watching a pornographic movie and some other dude is in there jerking it, are you going to be offended? <laughs> Some weird like, what way are you that's... there for? What are you there for then? I'm there for the story. I can't, the plot. I can't believe this guy. <laughs> I I mean, I, I, under, I, I get what you're saying. I really do, actually, which is kind of right. makes me feel dirty. But uh, either way, you're not supposed to <laughs> just drop it and start tugging it there in the movie theater. Well, you're not supposed to, but also everybody, like... Nobody went in there for the plot, right? Nobody <laughs> you know, went in there like, hey, my cousin shot this. I'm going to go check out his cinematography. Oh, uh, man. Can you imagine having to be like the caretaker of that, that like, movie theater? Oh, God. I'm sure it's not. I'm, I'm sure it's not really very clear. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways. I, protocol. I think I'd, I would probably rather do uh, – a Pee Wee Herman than Mr. Rogers, but that's just... you'd rather do Pee Wee Herman. Well, you know, have a <laughs> have a beer. All right. Um, what's the Who more do you find more attractive, Pee Wee Herman or Mr. Rogers? I'm I'm not gonna uh, comment on that. Uh, that's a Pee Wee Herman, then. That's Pee Wee. Herman. But if you have a comment out there, people who listen, I mean, you know, great, great for you. Um, all right. Um, which kind of music is more annoying to you, screamo rock or country music? I can't stand country music, but because mostly because of where I grew up, like I'm from Kansas and I can't stand it. Also, have you ever listened to Kansas? (sighs) (laughs) I had to, man. You floated it out there. What's their, what's Kansas's famous? Now you have to watch this. I need to adjust and I'm going to lean back and adjust while I'm doing it. All right. Well, that's terrible. Um, what's Kansas's favorite song? Or Kansas's big song that they're I mean, famous they, for. They had two of them, Dust in the Wind and uh, probably Dust, Dust, in the, Dust, Dust in the Wind's probably more well-known than Carry On My Wayward Son, I would think. But they're both really popular. Ooh. But Carry On My Wayward Son is the better song. For sure. Carry On My Way. Yeah, that's yeah. the better song. No, I, I, country, I don't know what Screamo Rock is, honestly. Uh, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. Like you ever, you, well, you probably have never listened to like. Slipknot Give me an example, or, dude. Sing it. I am not oh. gonna just start screaming into the microphone or into the. Computer. Give me some bars. Back no. way up and then do it. I no, I'm not doing any any of that. But what's wrong? You gonna get cops gonna come? You gonna get in trouble? No, my kids are sleeping. Okay, that's legit. <laughs> they're not. They're not actually. But uh, anyways, um, all right. Well, that, no. that's all. That's all I got for you, man. Okay, so our top five is top five types of restaurants. I'm really interested. What kind of water bottle do you have? Let me see that. For those who are who are wondering what just happened, I took a quick sip of water, and Nick, uh, it's a Contigo. Oh my god, forty ounces. (laughs) Bigger than my head, taller than my head. 
first of all, you're a grown man. Drink out of a glass like you're not some high school kid. I got to keep a lid on it because I can't handle water in an open container. I don't. I like it, man. Forty. I put forty ounces in there. I drink two of them a day. It's it's all I need. Right, dude. But you're basically you realize because of you. He so he's got one of those like pop up thick plastic straw things that's on there. So basically, you're drinking forty ounces of that, right? So that's eighty ounces of that. Eighty ounces you're drinking. At least ten of it is your own spit back in that straw. You're just drinking your own spit all day. Every sip no. you take out of that is your own spit. That's and not again. Well, how often do you wash it? That's not true at all. How I, often do you wash I it? I wash the. I wash the. I don't know what you call it. The apparatus every week. So, so what? once a week. So, in other words, that if you wash that, let's say on Monday, on Sunday, you're basically sucking on your spit from no. six days earlier. No. See, look at it. it says what? What? Sixteen ounces. Look at it. I right, take a drink. dude. But the same. If you only wash it once a week and you're taking Wonder. a sip out of that straw, you're. You're drinking six day old spit every day. I don't I don't I mean, sure if that's I mean what if that's if that's what all you're getting out of it, then sure. Okay, I'm just pointing out facts. <laughs> Sorry you don't like them. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Can you just intro our top five? Okay, so our top five is top five kinds of restaurants. Initially I thought like there's not even more than five, and then I thought about it and I got kind of specific on my types of restaurants. So what's your number five? Uh, my number five is um, just like the 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 really upscale, fancy kind of restaurant. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm familiar with like Capital Grill would be one that's an upscale like restaurant, but that isn't just specific to one town, right? You're talking about that kind of place, yeah, like hundred yeah. hundred dollar plates. Yeah, like you know, you're going there. It's it's for special occasions. You're probably, you know, you're probably not leaving out of there with less than a hundred and fifty dollar bill between two people. So the okay, I understand why a lot of people would have that on their list. The reason that it wouldn't be anywhere on mine or my honorable mentions is because I was born without a sense of smell. For people who are new to the podcast, like it's just a complete waste on me. It's a complete waste of money. Right, because I can't taste the subtleties that are in that kind of food, so it's just it's it's a complete waste. But I understand why you would put it on that list. I actually think that like you should. I could see I could see that being a little higher. I couldn't see it being number one, but I could see it being three or two. Sometimes it's just I put it on my list specifically because sometimes it's really nice uh, to get you know done up and. Go to a really nice restaurant where you know the service is going to be 100% and the food's going to be way too small and you're going to complain about it later that night. But uh, it's yeah. an experience. You're, it's not about the food, it's about the experience. Okay, but if you get dressed up to go to a nice restaurant like that, how quickly are you spilling something on your shirt? <laughs> I'm actually pretty good usually. I, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not very bad. Do you then go get something to eat after you eat at a place like that? No, not usually. Okay. No, no. Okay. Because I've done I, that before. Like I've gone to a nice place and then picked up McDonald's on the way home. <laughs> I uh, I also don't drink at those places because I'm not about to pay fourteen dollars for Ooh, you know a Bud man, Light. They'll get you. They'll yeah. get you. That it's always the alcohol. It's always um, the alcohol. So my number five is upscale fast food, and by upscale fast food, I'm talking about like Shake Shack or In and Out. 
not like Burger King and McDonald's, but the places that are nicer than that. Okay, so yeah, I, I didn't uh, I didn't separate it. It's on my list a little bit a ways up, but uh, yeah, I didn't separate fast food into you know upscale, upscale fast food tiers. But now that you say that, it makes complete sense. Uh, so good uh, good pick there, at number five. Would you consider Chick Fil A to be upscale fast food? It de- I guess I would have to see the parameter. Like, do you consider Chipotle to be, uh, you know, upscale? Yeah. I don't particularly like Chipotle. I don't think their rice is very good, but I would consider Chipotle to be like, oh, this is fast food, but it's not McDonald's Burger King fast food. Yeah, I would. I would. I would probably put Chick Fil A in the upper tier. Okay, you don't feel bad about going there. Basically, is kind of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I don't uh, usually. Okay, what's your number four? Uh, so my number four is uh, I'm gonna regret this, I think, but uh, like a coffee house, like a coffee shop, you know, like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, um, you know, those those kind of places, places that are usually kind of chill, and you can you know, have a, a nice coffee or something and just, just chill out for a couple hours. You're in there for a couple hours? I mean, it, it's not every time, but I mean, I, I have, you know, some some of the Starbucks will have, uh, before the pandemic, obviously, uh, would have, like, artists come in and play or, you know, things You're like that. You're just hanging out in there? <laughs> I've done it a few times, yes. Uh, What's I guess, the longest you've spent in there? Oh, geez. Um, I, mean, I, I don't know, probably two and a half, three hours, maybe. Doing what? That was for Just drinking <laughs> coffee. <laughs> you're uh, you're like uh, you're really upset about this. Um, no, that that's for like an artist, like a, a local musician, like artist spotlight. There was like eight people playing. Um, you know, somebody really wanted to go see. Was it a, like they would? It have was, to it was, it was a friend. Yeah, it was, it was a okay. friend. Okay, that's all right. That's that's making a little bit more sense there. I thought you were no, no. <sighs> But I've I've also I've also you know it's just a, a coffee house that's my number four I mean coffee shop whatever coffee house coffee shop if you're gonna go to one of your fancy restaurants where you're not gonna get a drink are you gonna like drink something in the parking lot and then go in uh, yeah I, I'd probably pregame okay okay yeah. that's legit yeah right that's <laughs> funny I wonder how many times those waiters are like watching somebody in a shitty like Toyota Corolla <laughs> chugging yay. Meister and then walking in there for their fancy dinner. I always like because I, I always like walking in and, and and people thinking like, oh, you know, he's not going to spend any money. And then I, I'm like, I'll have this, this, and this, please. Dang. And thank I you. just couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't enjoy it. Right? I would just be looking at that and like, I'm paying how much for this thing? <laughs> I can get yeah. like forty tacos for that. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not. My wrong. number four is a roadside diner. That was tough for me to leave off the list. But I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't gone to too many roadside diners in my life, so I don't have a lot of experience. Yeah, the more kind of isolated they get out there, the better they are. <laughs> that is one of my bucket list things I would like to do, though, if you ever want to accompany me. I think you'd be the great road companion for that. Where do you want to go? Where are just, we driving? I don't know, man. Just get on the get on the highway and head into the rural countryside and go to, you know, go to bars and diners and see what America's about. See, now, I would do that on the coast. I'm not going to drive through Nebraska. <laughs> See, that's what I want to do, man. I want to, like, drive, I mean, you know, I want to drive through one of those rural, you know, Rust Belt states, man. Right. Let me tell you, somebody from one of those rural Rust Belt states, 
you're gonna get about 30 minutes into that and wonder why you did it (laughs) they probably wouldn't even really they'd probably be like why is this fucking guy here they just no you would probably get through one city and think like wow i really should have done this somewhere else there's (laughs) nothing there man imagine driving across your coffee table right imagine you're a tiny ant and you're gonna drive across your coffee table that's basically what driving across the midwest is like there's nothing to do there there's no point in it there's nothing to see there's nothing to do there's nothing there well, I, one job you're never going to have is like director of tourism for uh, Kansas or any of those other kids, <laughs> right? How frustrated is the how frustrated is the director of tourism in Oklahoma? <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably, just, probably come Alpha. here, like come here. Why? <laughs> I, I don't, we got red dirt. <laughs> we got nothing, man. Like, uh, yep, we're not Nebraska. <laughs> That's probably what they say. <laughs> it's probably um, what they say. Oklahoma. We're all not right. Nebraska. Yeah. It's like Michigan. We're not Ohio. Um, all right, my, my, my number three is it's really generic, but it's just a casual restaurant. Just a, and, and, I, and I'm not, it's not fast food. It's not like a bar. It's just like, uh, you know. Um, okay. I need an example. Give me a name. Like a Red Robin. Get. It's the first thing I thought of that kind of applied. I, I don't really apologize, but I'm sorry you're so offended. That to me. Like an Outback Steakhouse. Applebee's, Chili's, Outback, Red Robin. Those kind of restaurants are the worst restaurants in the world to me. I hate those kind of places with a passion. Because it's not really good, but you pay a little bit more for it. Right? Those kind of places are awful. I hate them. They have no soul to them because they're always massive chains. And the food's not really that good. I hate those places. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I still stand by it, man. I'm I'm gonna put uh, I, I I almost put local mom and pop shops like you know as my number three, but um, I didn't. I went with casual, kind of run of the mill places instead. Okay, I avoid what's those places like the plague. I what's your number three? Bar and grill. Good bar and grill. Okay. Right? Not not yeah. not a nighttime bar and grill. Not a nighttime bar and grill necessarily, but like a like I'm gonna go watch the game in the middle of the day kind of bar and grill, right? Like they got good wings. Place with good <laughs> wings, right? Oh, man, That's what well, I'm thinking of specifically. Uh, I do like that. I do like that. Um I'll get back to that. My uh my number two is just is just fast food. I just put it all I just lumped it all into one category. Wow. Wow. I know, God, I can 100% guess what your number one is, because it starts with a B. Yeah, well, I mean, of course it does. Uh, <laughs> what do you like to eat? My two favorite restaurants are fast food and buffets. <laughs> no, no, it, it's God, actually not do- a buffet. Um, your doctor is just like, oh, It's not a buffet. And, you know, the pandemic's probably killed most buffets, so thank you for, you know. Yeah, if you're in the buffet industry, man, that's not a good. that's not a good look right now. Uh, but I mean, I, fast food could easily been my number one, but it is not. What's, what's your go-to fast food restaurant? You you won't believe this uh, because I make fun of my weight a lot, but I actually don't eat. Um, I don't eat a lot of fast food. If I, it's either uh, it's either going to be Culver's, Arby's, or Chipotle. Usually, they're the three I choose between. Okay, I'm a big fan of Burger King. I do love burger. Well, I, I I used to argue with people that the Whopper was the best fast food hamburger. 
I'm going to go ahead and make this claim. I don't think that I have ever been to a Wendy's. Is there a popular fast food chain you don't think you've ever actually been to? Uh, does Hardee's count? I don't think I've ever been to a Hardee's. I think, but they change up depending on where you are. Like a Hardee's is also a Carl's Jr. somewhere else. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I've been to pretty much every every one of them, I think. I don't think I've ever been to a Wendy's. I'm also pretty sure I've never been to a Jack in the Box. I think I've been to Jack in the Box once just because I remember. Checkers is another one I've never been to. That's more in the South, though, but I've never been to a Checkers. Well, yeah, well, we have Checkers here. They used to be rallies. Now they're Checkers. And you've been to a Checkers? I, I, I have. I have. But if I'm going to get, like, the little burgers like that, I'm going to go to a local, like, you know, a local place. I've also spider. never been to a Weiss Castle or White Castle. I've I've been to White Castle once yeah, or twice. You, I know you <laughs> can tell you have. I, I have been to White Castle. What's what's your number two? Hole in the wall. Okay, that's fair. Right, like I like places like that. Like one of those that has like they've they've got like just the people who live there really know that they've got good food. Right, the people who live in that city, yeah. but it's not necessarily like on the places to eat in this place right <laughs> the, tour, the tourists can't find it but the locals know about it and it looks like shit right that uh that's kind of my number one ish i have uh like your local like bar see but i think now wait a minute are you talking about food specifically because i'm going to disagree with you on that because most bars i've been to don't have really good food uh i, I would say you know the food is moderate uh in in my term it's more the atmosphere you know like you're you know, your local hometown bar, it doesn't even have to be hometown, but wherever you are, just, you know, the sense of community and, uh, and obviously alcohol helps. So my number one is buffet. I love a good buffet. You can find a good buffet. That's perfect. I put it on my honorable mention because they're just, no one's go. I don't even think they're around anymore. No, no. What was, what's that major chain of buffets? Um, furs was one and then there was hometown buffet okay i are they even open i, I, I don't, don't think, think so open. i'm sure they can't be honestly or they're serving you right which defer, defeats the whole purpose of the yeah. buffet i've had a vegas buffet that was pretty good <laughs> i might have been there with you i don't really remember okay if you're gonna go to buffet though which one is your preferred kind of buffet breakfast buffet chinese buffet lunch related buffet or dinner buffet or a pizza buffet. None of those, actually. I'm going to go with a sushi buffet. Ooh, I've only had like all you can eat sushi a couple of times, but that was pretty good. How much you pay for it? Uh, I want to say the place here is uh, like twenty three bucks. Mm, that might be exactly the price of the place that I was thinking of. It's like twenty three dollars for sushi, dude. It is. I mean, you can't. Oh. Sushi buffet is the best buffet. I would agree with you. How many rolls you put down in one sitting? Uh, I can probably do three or four. Oh, amateur, man. I can do 12, 15 at least. Wow, dude. Do you think that people, like, when they see you are just like, God dang it. <laughs> no. Like, I, buffet manager. I So I, I'm, well, I mean, I used to be before the pandemic. I was one of those guys, like, I always start with, like, a couple rolls. And they're like, okay, he's going to be moderate. And then, you know, the next trip back is when I'm. coming. Yeah, is when What's I'm, your... like, dragging six or seven of them. What's your go-to? Uh, probably the uh, the spicy, some kind of spicy roll. Okay, California roll, dragon roll. I go dragon roll. Honestly. Yeah, dragon rolls are good. Um, 
I'm okay. a big fan of the simple man. Philadelphia rolls are really good. So, not There's sure no way that there should be a sushi roll called the Philadelphia roll. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, but it's because of the cream tree cheese in the middle or in the. Oh, that makes a little bit of sense then, I guess. Right? Like, where's this sushi from? Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't want that. Yeah. Not, no knock on Philadelphia, right? Like, this, that, that's not the mecca of sushi that I think about. You got to be on the coast somewhere, right? Oh, like, man. what's this? This is the South Dakota roll. <laughs> yeah. This is the Nebraska what? roll. The Nebraska roll. <laughs> what's in it? Sushi in Nebraska. Even if you live there. Sushi in Nebraska. Right. Um, Okay. All right. What was your number one? Oh, wait. We already did number one. What's in your honorable mentions then? Yeah. So uh, I have a – I put on like a good food truck. Some food trucks can be Mm. frigging – no, they're not restaurants per se. Um, They still make my list. I have Hole in the Wall Diner. Uh, I also put Buffet on there. And um, that's about it from, from my list. Okay, how do you feel about a like an old school fifties diner? They're fine. I mean, they do nothing to me, or not to me. They do nothing for me. But I, I, I've been to a few. Okay, yeah, it's more like a little kid thing. Like, ooh, it's the fifties. I mean, I guess. Um, I mean, you know. I think what you're overlooking though is a good breakfast place. Yeah, you're probably right. You're. I'm gonna. That's actually that's a good one, man. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say this and tell me what you think about this. I think that pancakes are the hardest thing to find really good. A lot of places make decent pancakes, right? Like they're they're all right, but there's very few places that make good pancakes. Like fuck, that was good. <laughs> Here's my thought on having breakfast uh anywhere is that when I after I'm done I always go, man, I can make it so much better. Why did I just spend 40 oh, bucks? Here we go. I knew First of all, where that. are you going to spend $40 on breakfast? I don't go above $10. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, ridiculous. It could be 30 It could, you know, um, whatever. Here goes, here goes Snob. Here goes Snob. Okay. Let's hear I'm... your eggs recipe. Let's hear how <laughs> amazing it is because you decided to put salt and pepper in it. Oh, my gosh. I'm just saying that if I'm going to pay $10 for a stack of waffles, I can do the same thing at my house, and I'll be just as satisfied. Right, dude. You could do that with anything, really, when you think about it. I I, I mean, not really. I can't make a flame and yawn, you know, the the way that I can get it at a great steakhouse. No, that's probably true, right? But you're paying at least three or four times that. It's very I'm true. just saying good pancakes are impossible to find. And we know you love pancakes. I do love pancakes. I've probably only actually eaten at two places that I would say those were really good pancakes. Shout uh, out to Kiki's and shout out to Breakfast Place in Scottsdale. Kiki's is delicious. I will Kiki's agree with you good on pancakes, that. Kiki's pancakes, man. I will. Because they've got to get it right, right? Like usually they're just a little – they have to have that equal balance of a little bit of crunch and soft. It's very difficult to find. It's... Okay. Do you have anything else? No, man. Let's Let's get out of here. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Would love to know what you think are the best restaurants. It's really hard to beat a buffet, in my opinion. Because even though the food's not that great, like any one item isn't spectacular, The quantities and the available options 
push it up a couple of notches. Sushi buffet is also probably the best buffet. Hard to find. Hard to find. But the best buffet when you can. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.